This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. This is my first time using the little platform, so I got to get used to it. I kind of like it, though. I have some questions for you. I really want you to be involved today in this sermon. So maybe we should kind of clear out our, our voices a little bit, kind of clear our throats, <clears throat> kind of uh, get our voices warmed up to be able to engage and to talk, because I, I want you guys to. So can we live in the past moment? Good. Somebody has a voice. Can we live in the future moment? No. Not until it becomes the present moment, and then it isn't the future moment, so no. Um, Can we live in the present moment? Yes. Yes, we can live in the present moment. In fact, the present moment is the only moment that we have. And this morning, God is inviting us to learn how to live in the present. And in doing that, He's inviting us into the fullness of living our lives. C.S. Lewis, an author that I tend to quote often, uh, He said, the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Think about that. The present is the point at which time touches eternity. God, in being eternal, experiences a timeless freedom. There's no boundary to his being. Right, so every moment that was, every moment that is, every moment that will be, all of those moments are actual to God all the time. It's a difficult concept to grasp, but maybe this will be helpful to you now. I can't say if this is exactly how it is because I've honestly never been outside of time. (laughs) So this is just an estimate, okay? But it helps me to picture it in this way. We as humans can only live in the present. So if we think of a jigsaw puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle... 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 pieces, 10,000, whatever. We think of a jigsaw puzzle. We live in the placing of a single piece. God lives in the placing of all pieces to all the puzzles all the time. So the point being that In our present moment, that is the only chance that we have 
to identify with the way that God experiences reality always. Let me say that again because it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult to grasp. Only in our present moment do we have a chance to identify with the way that God experiences reality always. You may remember that Jesus says in John, the time is coming, the hour is coming, and now is. Now that's a paradox. It doesn't seem to add up. How, how can it be coming and already be? How can it be coming and it is now? But doesn't, doesn't that describe the eternal and the present? Coming and already is. The eternal in the present. We all live in time, very much in the present time, obviously, if that's the only moment we have. But we are all made for eternity, right? So we live in time, but we're made for eternity. And so God would have our minds on those two conditions of our lives. The present and the eternal. What we live in right now and what we were made for. Why would God have us think upon those two conditions? Because when we set our minds on the eternal, we become more aware of God and our relationship to Him. And when we set our minds on the present, we become more aware of this day and our daily bread. And that's kind of where I want to land today. Is I want to unpack and explore what is our daily bread and how do we interact with the daily bread within our lives. In light of the Better Together series we've been in, we've been talking about life, love, relationships, family, parenting, all, all aspects of life. And who would attest this morning that many of the arguments... Many of the, the short tempers, the hurtful language, the name-calling, the, the, sometimes the, the withdrawal or the disunity or the disengagement um, that comes within the family or, or comes within the workplace or within the church or whatever community you may be a part of, how, how many would attest to that those things tend to stem from anxieties and fears and stress that, that those bring. Who, who could say that? That, that the, the, the arguments, the short tempers, all of those tend to stem from anxieties and fears and the stress that those bring to our lives. I think many of us could, could say that that is true. I, for one, would say that that is true. And so as we discover the daily bread, keep in mind that the original thought for this was that in the series Better Together, we wanted to do a message on finances. And so finances, along with many other parts of our life, tend to bring us these anxieties and, and these stresses. 
And so this is kind of my take on our finances message because I believe finances uh, contributes to a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of fear in a lot of our lives, even more so than we may realize. So though I may not directly tie all of this in into how it practically applies um, to your relationships, I honestly believe that every single one of you are intelligent. Scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your with all your mind. So how would God ask you to do something that he hasn't given you the capacity to do? It's possible for God to do that, obviously, but I don't think that's the case here. So all of us have a mind with which to love God, and all of us are brilliant in our own way. So I'm confident today that as you engage in these thoughts, and as you think about them throughout your week, that you will form those connections on your own. See, we as people, we're far more prone to act upon the thoughts and ideas and opinions and beliefs that are our own. Would you attest that to be true? We tend to act upon the things that are our own. And as I speak right now, you, you in your seat, you're deciding whether or not to believe the things I'm saying. And the majority of what I'm saying, it, it just won't stick. Honestly, it just won't stick. But it's proven that when you as an individual come to a realization, an epiphany, an aha moment, whatever you want to call it, when you come to that yourself, those ideas and those beliefs tend to stick and become a part of who you are. Therefore, those things will be lived out in your life. So I'm not going to tell you those things. I want you to discover those things for yourself. And I believe that you can. Another aspect of this is that in spiritual formation, it's important for, for us to not just consume, not just listen to messages, and not just read the Bible on our own, but it's important for us to converse. To let the messages that we hear lead to the conversations that we have. Jesus and the disciples, uh, you see this a lot. Jesus will give a parable. Jesus will give a story. He'll give a message. And then later on you'll see the disciples talking about that message. Trying to discover what it actually meant. They'll, they'll talk to Jesus about that message. And try to find out what it meant and what it, what it, how it applies to their life. And so it helps to talk it out. It helps to talk it out. All that to say that, that if you don't receive what you're looking to receive from the message today, maybe, maybe spending 10 minutes just praying and thinking at home in your pajamas would get you there. Maybe slowly reading today's passage that we read from Matthew 6. Maybe slowly reading that every morning or maybe every night before bed. Either by yourself or with some, someone else. Maybe that would get you there. Or even, even having a meal with others and talking about this, especially others who think differently than you do, may get you there. Just remember what the scriptures say. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock 
and the door will be open. But back to the daily bread. To get a bit of context on this, um, I would invite you, could we just say the Lord's Prayer together? We will have it here to reference. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. Teaches us to be dependent. Dependence is not typically something that we strive for. In fact, many times in our lives we try to avoid being dependent. But when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it forces us to be small. It forces us to live in the present. Note that I'm not praying for future needs. I am praying for daily needs. The prayer is not offered for future food or future bread, is it? It's for this day's bread. C.S. Lewis, again, says of the future that the future is of all things the thing least like eternity because the future is full of unrealities. If you've heard of manna from the Old Testament, the bread from the sky, you may remember that manna couldn't be stored. It would turn into worms. Manna couldn't be saved for later. You couldn't have future bread when it came to manna. And here in the Lord's Prayer, we are taught to pray not for future bread. Requiring that we pray for the bread how often? Daily. Each morning we have to awake, we have to come to terms with our dependence, and we have to ask for this day's bread. It's humbling for sure in that we need the almighty giver of life to give us life's most basic necessities. A word you find in many historical church writings and old hymns, old songs, is, the, is, is that, that we are creatures. And maybe it's a bit uncomfortable for you to think of yourself as a creature. I know it was for me at first, and I believe that maybe our our aversion to dependence kind of comes into play there. But the more that I have embraced my, my creatureliness, the more peace in life that I have found. We can't take care of ourselves. All creatures are dependent on God always for all things. And so we find ourselves 
standing among his creation, among the birds of the air that, that have the seed that they need, among the flowers of the field that are clothed beautifully. And we stand and we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We need someone to take care of us. We're like children, small, weak, vulnerable, dependent. And until we accept that, we'll many times miss the daily bread because of the preconceptions and the expectations that we have from which the bread comes or what the bread should look like or who should be giving us the bread. In our independence, we will be constantly busy, constantly distracted, noise all the time, so many to-dos on our list, an endless push to be significant. Having no time for the present, I think most of the time it's done by choice. Because if we can focus on the future, the future feels like we're in control, right? And even if... Focusing on the future causes us to have anxieties, causes us to have unhappiness, causes us to have stress or depression. Oftentimes, we, we just prefer that to actually being dependent, to actually being small, to actually relinquishing our control. Father Albert puts it like this, to advance further along the spiritual path, Sooner or later, we must surrender control, become receptive, and have the humility to be led. In the words of Jesus to Peter, all right, this is scripture, all right? Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. John 21, 18. That's what it's like to receive the daily bread. And the picture there in John 21, 18 is a bit creaturely, isn't it? That we are having a belt fastened around us. And that all we are to do is to lift our hands and to be led. And to say whatever it is that you want to do, I will. Wherever it is you want me to go, I will. Because I am dependent Notice that the prayer is give us this daily bread. The this is very important. Because if, if, if it were give us, give, us, give us that day's bread, then in theory we could pull out a calendar and we could get on there and we could, you know, point to maybe September 2nd, 2011. And we could say, you know, get, get, give us that day's bread. All right, that day's bread was delicious. That day's bread was nourishing. It was very well baked. That, that was my wedding day. In theory, we could do that. Or we could take out a calendar. We could point to June 1st, 2017, and say, give us that day our bread. Maybe there would be something happening on that day where you feel like you're really going to need this bread. Um, but no, uh, the prayer... Is give us this day, give us this day 
our daily bread. The present bread. The bread that looks good to eat. The bread that looks nourishing and nutritious. The bread that looks like it would sustain. The future makes us anxious. And I believe that's why it's so important that the, the prayer is not give us that day our daily bread. It's give us this day. The future clutters our minds. It, 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 it fills our, our thoughts with unrealities. You know, what's going to happen? Will it be good? Will it be bad? Will, where will we be? Um, what will I do? Um, will I be successful? Will I have enough? And rather than being focused on the present moment, the, the only moment that we have to live, we get focused on something that is out there. And that bread that bread's not there. It's not reality. It's empty. There's there's nothing in here that can nourish me. There's nothing in here that can sustain me. The future takes our thoughts off this day. But so does the past. We can get stuck on, on... the nostalgia of some glory days back then, uh, you know, those, the, the wonder years, you know, previous experiences that we had, um, whether good experiences or bad experiences, we can get focused on the past. But see, the past bread, the past bread, well, past bread looks a little bit like this. Past bread is not edible. In fact, probably make you sick. And there's definitely nothing nutritious in here. And I don't believe this would sustain you if you were hungry and needed something to eat. If our focus is only on something back then, then we'll overlook our daily bread, found only in the present moment, the only moment we have to live. See, our natural habit, even for me, is to pray for then, there, this, those, sorry, not this, to pray for, for, for that, to pray for them, to pray for their, to pray for those. But our natural habit is not to pray for this. And I will miss out on, on all the little everyday moments to become another's daily bread when I don't pray for the this. Remember that the prayer is, is give us plural, give us a community, give us this day our daily bread, our plural, our community. 
So when we pray this prayer in this community, I'm asking for my needs with others asking for their needs. And therefore, I look for ways to become an answer to the prayers of others to become the daily bread. We'll be receiving communion in a few minutes. Um, But St. Francis... uh, St. Francis of Assisi, um, in describing communion, he says essentially that, that when we take the bread, the, the bread, the, the representation of the body of Jesus, that when we take that into our hands, that, that, that Jesus... Put, put, putting himself in our hands, even in Jesus coming in to the world as a human, he put himself into our hands. And also in the sacrament that we receive. And so because that, that should compel us to put ourselves into his hands. That, that when we receive our daily bread, that we become the daily bread for those around us. We are to focus on this and this, only this. Which brings us back to becoming small, dependent, and trusting. Right around the invention of the elevator, um, which obviously enabled us to bypass the staircase, there was another saint named Therese. And Therese, she was looking for a very straight, very short completely new little way to heaven. She said, I would also like to find an elevator to lift me up to Jesus because I'm too little to climb the rough staircase of perfection. She recalls coming across the scriptures in Isaiah that speak of God comforting us as a mother comforts her child and carrying us in his arms. And here's what she writes. Oh, never have words more tender, more melodious, come to rejoice my soul. The elevator that must lift me up to heaven is your arms, Jesus. For that, I do not need to become big. On the contrary, I have to stay little. May I become little. More and more. As I close this sermon, I know that there are many of you in here that have weights bearing down on you today. That you can physically sit and feel the heaviness of things that you haven't been able to solve problems that you don't have the answers to, expenses that you don't have the provision for, and they're just bearing, they're just bearing on your shoulders a weight that you can't bear. But if I could, if I could just give you permission for a moment 
to not worry about what life's going to look like when you walk out of this room. To not worry about what life is going to look like when you wake up tomorrow. Right now, I would give you permission to be small. To be dependent. To just be present right here in this moment. There's a lot that you don't have figured out in life. You can know this. You can know that you are sitting here with these people and this presence of God. Let that bring you peace. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.